Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Liana Kadisha Cohn, co-founder and president of Switch. The sharing economy is now widely embraced, and Switch has entered the market as designer jewelry's answer to rent the runway. I asked Liana what it takes to manage the logistics of a rental company and how she won over a notoriously controlling brand, Chanel. That's up next. Welcome, Liana. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell me all about Switch. You are a rental program, a rental company, but you've been around longer than I thought, two years. Yes. So we're a jewelry rental subscription company. Um, We start at $29 a month. You can rent any piece from our collection and switch it at any time. There are no expiration dates, no extra fees. You hold on to things as long as you want or as little as you want. Um, Send it back anytime and then choose your next piece. Beautiful. And this is high-end designer jewelry. We're talking Chanel, Hermes, like Hermes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tell me again, um, is that, what's the range? So we have Chanel, Hermes, Dior, Real Diamonds and Gold, brands that you'd find in Saks and Neiman Marcus. Uh, we carry Sophie Ratner, Mateo, new exciting brands, Do Not Disturb. Um, so we have a whole range of jewelry brands. Yes. Tell me, because I know, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone uh, references Rent the Runway when talking to you, but um, in talking to them, you know, and the brands they, they carry, they're saying Rent the Runway is one of our largest wholesale partners. Do you have a ton of inventory? Have you Do you have maybe uh, select pieces? Obviously, if it's vintage, it's one of a kind. But um, talk about, I guess, the investment that goes into picking up a new piece. We do. We have thousands of pieces, um, many, many styles that are available at any given time. Um, our vintage pieces, sometimes we actually do carry more than one unit of those. We do have some one-of-a-kind pieces as well. Um, but we have a whole range of styles and items so that everyone can find something that they like. Our average price point at retail is about $700. So for $29 a month, you can borrow something that's $700 um, or potentially more. Uh, We don't carry anything less than $100 because we really focus on the value that we're giving our customers. Um, And we take requests from our members. So sometimes a member will ask for a new brand or a new style and we'll stock that item just for them. I mean, that's heavenly. Are you working? Is there conflict? Do the designer brands uh, not like it? Are you working directly with them? We work directly with them. So We have a few different ways that we get our jewelry, and we're just actually launching a trade-in program where we can buy jewelry from the public, from our members. Um, But we really want to be a circular economy. So we buy jewelry, sometimes new from the designers, sometimes from the public, sometimes vintage, and we rotate that jewelry among our customers. It's a perfect product for rental. You don't really feel like it's ever been worn before. We sanitize it. We polish it. We kind of bring that shine and make it feel like it's new. And oftentimes it is new. Um, so that every time our customer opens a box, they feel like they got this shiny, great experience that empowers them and makes them feel really good. Yes. Tell me about that buyback program. Are you advertising that? And why Why would somebody come to you to, to buy it direct and then put it on 
on rental versus maybe sell it through a real real? So we buy in three ways. We've just started piloting this uh, program where we buy from the public. And we can either buy for cash, you know, we can pay our members or whoever's selling to us directly with cash or membership credit. So they can get months of membership for in exchange for their piece. Um, or thirdly, they can get purchase credit to buy another piece that they're interested in. And sense. so it's really about this circular economy, you know, the Marie Kondo philosophy of not letting anything go to waste and having things in your life that bring you joy. So why not have every jewelry piece that you wear bring you joy? I like it. Is it high risk? Is there a lot of insurance involved? Is it be sending, I don't know, multi-thousand dollar pieces to, to your members? So we cover all wear and tear, anything um, from scratches to a stone falling out. We cover that so you don't have to worry about it. Um, we do offer purchasing for anyone who wants to buy the pieces. If you fall in love with something, you may want to end up buying that. And so we offer purchase credit along the way that helps you get to ownership if that's something that you want to do. Yeah. Talk about the fact that, you know, Chanel, they still don't have online sales. Just we had Fashion File in, which is all handbags, and she was saying resale companies are the only way for somebody maybe in the Midwest to get their hands on a Chanel bag because they don't have stores there. And also, you know, Chanel's not selling online. They have to go to resale. It's the only way to really get it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is, is, is a large uh, majority of your customers maybe in the Midwest or where? Who, who are they? Where are they? So they're all over the country. Um, we have customers in LA. We have customers in Illinois, Texas, um, New York, obviously. Uh, but they're, re they're really everywhere. And um, our customers range from the ages of 20 to 40 generally. But they're women who are professional, who are moms, who are working, who are at home, um, just women who want to feel their best and are excited to wear something new, um, nice and shiny and exciting. Yeah. What's your take on sustainability? Uh, I know you just mentioned, you know, Marie Kondo or less is more. Um, I haven't seen that in your messaging, maybe, or maybe I've just missed it. Is it is that more so for your customer, like a perk to it all? And they're more driven by I'm wearing Chanel and I'm paying 29. Like, do you lead with that messaging? We don't lead with that message, but it's definitely something that defines us internally as a company, something that we think about as we're growing and as we create new products and buy new jewelry and just the idea of the company in general uh, is very focused on sustainability. It's about sharing, not having things go to waste, not necessarily producing new jewelry all the time when we can share it and have this big community closet. Yes. Tell me about the logistics of it all. I We hear a lot, again, with Rent the Runway that it's just like, it's hard. It's not an easy thing to scale, to pull off. Um, I don't know. I know they have this uh, large dry cleaning facility. I right. know you said you're cleaning the jewelry. What goes into it? How? What does it take to turn it around? What does it keep to track it all? Yeah. So it's actually funny. When I was in college, I thought of a very similar idea, but for apparel, something similar to what Rent the Runway is now at the time that didn't exist. And I was thinking a lot about subscription models. And apparel was so scary to me as an inventory uh, company because, you know, it gets ripped and ruined and there's so much that goes into refurbishing it and really having a ton of people be able to wear the same piece. With jewelry, you don't really have that problem. Jewelry is built to last, to, you know, pass along generation to generation. And so it really is the perfect product to rent and to pass around uh, within a community 
because it's built to last, it's quality materials. And so we focus a lot on the durability of the pieces. Um, and so logistically, it's much easier to clean, refurbish, send out, store. And so our facilities have been pretty advanced because we are still a logistics company. We have jewelry that we're sending out constantly and we have reverse logistics when that comes in. There's still quality assurance. Um, but ultimately, jewelry is a very different product than apparel for rental. Yeah, for sure. Who? How large is your team? Who's who's working on all, all of this? <laughs> we're a pretty small team. Uh, we're nine people. We're still relatively new. It's only been two years, but luckily we've had a lot of success. And again, with jewelry, the turnaround can be so quick. So we don't need a huge team to be able to service all of our members. Um, and we've grown four times in the last year. So it's been a Amazing. really exciting year for us. And uh, we're not planning on slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> nice. What do you owe that growth to? Really word of mouth. So we've had incredible customers and they share it with their friends. So there might be some small city in, you know, Idaho and we'll all of a sudden see a few more new members from like the same little town and that's the nicest thing to see because it means that our customers really love the service. And, you know, that goes into a larger thing about we don't ever want our customers to leave us. Kind of the same way once you have a Netflix membership, you don't really ever think you need to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, that's what we want people to think of when they think of Switch. We want Switch to fulfill all your jewelry needs um, and to be really the first place that you think of when you think about jewelry. Yeah. What are you finding about like loyalty or fall off? Is, is the typical customer maybe on board for a year or more? More. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully it'll be longer. You know, we've only been around for two years and I think that our average lifetime for a customer will be a lot longer than that as yeah. soon as we've been around right. for longer <laughs> than that. Um, but hopefully it's a service that people can live with for many years and they can grow with as they get older and their tastes change the jewelry will change with them. Yes. How does your referral program work? I saw that on your site. Yeah. So we give $25 per referral. Um, and, you know, we've we've seen a lot of success with the referral program. That's been a really key part of our growth. Um, many, many of our members are referred members or word of mouth members. So that's been really successful. Have you relied on that? What else are you doing for marketing? We've done some paid marketing as well. Um, most of the women in our demographic right now have never heard of us. So that's this incredible opportunity for us to share our story and to really put out our messaging of who we are, what Switch stands for, what we do, what our value is to our customers. Um, and so that's a really fun part of the business and something we're focused on doing now and really getting the word out. Yeah. So is that digital? Is it Facebook and Instagram? Are you doing anything Direct mail? Any, what's the mix? We do Facebook and Instagram. We've done a few in-person pop-ups. Oh, um, cool. But mostly it's really talking to our members and giving a really good product experience because the better our product is, we know that that goes viral. And so the happier we get to keep our customers, the more customers we'll be lucky to have. Totally. Where did those pop-ups happen? We did a pop-up in um, at The Row in downtown L.A. Oh, amazing. It's a very cool uh, location, and they have fairs every once in a while. So we went out there, and it was nice to meet a bunch of our members in person who were just passing by. Yeah, that's great. And people are signing up on the spot? 
Exactly. People were signing up on the spot. We had a couple members come by and switch out their jewelry on the spot. Perfect. Amish, what are you finding about that need for a pickup, pickup drop-off location maybe? Are there any in New York right now or, or L.A.? Is that to come? Uh, hopefully that's to come. We don't have any physical permanent locations in place right now, uh, but that's definitely something we see as part of the future of the business. Right now, we make it really easy for people to send their jewelry back and forth. There's this pouch, um, which we're actually currently redesigning. So there's going to be a new new packaging experience coming out soon. Um, but essentially, you just we, we leave the label in there. You can put it on the package, send it to us. And as you send it to us, choose your next piece. Cool. You mentioned Facebook, Instagram. I know you're also doing, uh, having tried Switch, you're doing um, email. I don't get a ton, maybe two a week. Like, what's the right cadence? Yes. Yeah, so what's going into those emails? We don't want to spam anyone's inbox. That's like our worst nightmare. We don't ever want to be a burden on our customers. We send one email a week, every Thursday. Nice. Um, and, you know, by, by keeping it relatively easy on the inbox, we hope that our members will really take a look and go through our emails and see what we have that's new um, and kind of really pique their interest on our new product. Definitely. Um, content. Who's working on those emails? Of your nine your nine employees, is somebody kind of doing all the social, doing all the content? Yes. So we're three co-founders, myself, Elliot, and Adriel. Um, and Adriel focuses on our emails and our marketing and kind of getting our brand messaging out there. That makes sense. As you move forward, do you think that authenticators and you're buying from from customers directly, um, are they on staff? Will that be is that something you're looking at? Absolutely. We authenticate every piece that we purchase, um, but we also authenticate as soon as every piece comes back to make sure that we're getting back the same piece that we sent out. Um, And we have our own kind of tricks of the trade that we employ to be able to do that. Got it. Let's take a quick break. Let's circle back to your background. Prior to Switch, what were you up to? So I went to Stanford. I studied computer science and neuroscience. I was always interested in entrepreneurship. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so I got that bug pretty early on. Um, And in college, I actually worked on that project I told you about with the subscription for apparel. And I decided, you know, I'm never going to go into this business. I had costumes at the time uh, all over my car and in my apartment. And I thought it was just too messy. I don't think I'm going to go into inventory. So I moved actually um, into software and I started a gaming company, a mobile augmented reality, virtual reality company, which is still around. I'm still on the board of it. Um, Yeah. And I was chief product officer there. We were creating a bunch of fun games that other companies would white label uh, for their customers to to gamify their customer experience. Um, And after a while, um, I actually started doing some investments. And that's how the kind of genesis of Switch happened. Elliot and Adriel, who are brothers, approached me about this idea they had for Switch. Um, And our moms used to go to jewelry shows back in the day. My mom used to be an antique jewelry dealer, and their mom is a jewelry designer. We kind of grew up in the same community, so we've always known each other. Um, And they approached me about this idea for subscription rentals for jewelry. And I was just like, how did I not think of this sooner? This is genius. I love this idea. And... 
before I knew it, while I was still at my other job, I was just constantly thinking about what merchandise they should be carrying, what they should be doing. You should add this feature. And I would stay up late, you know, emailing them uh, about all these ideas I had. And they're they're amazing guys. I'm lucky to have them as my partners. Um, and pretty quickly, we ended up, you know, really forming the company together and trialing it out. And um, here we are. Yes. You're like, let me let me do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm getting in on this. Yes, exactly. Very cool. Talk about the the categories. Uh, I know, I mean, it's definitely related, but beyond jewelry, there's there are some hair clips in the mix. And are you just um, kind of gravitating toward uh, related categories, maybe where there's not a lot of competition in the space just yet? Or uh, what's your take on kind of expanding? Sure. So it's less about the competition. For us, it's more about quality jewelry-like accessories. So a lot of those hair clips are made of the same metals or precious metals or pearls that you'd find in jewelry. And so that's really what we're focusing on right now is those types of products. Um, And we really want to be the main place people think of when they think of jewelry. It's such a fragmented market. Um, And when you ask most women or men who are potentially buying gifts for women, where would you go to buy jewelry? Most people really don't know. Um, They can think of a few brands that they like, but there isn't one place that houses a bunch of great different brands that are curated. Yep, totally. Influencers. Yes. (laughs) Um, I I know you've got a hashtag going. Um, How much are you relying on either influencers, user-generated content? Do you have an influencer program in place? Sure. So we're just starting out with that. Um, We've had a lot of great influencers post without us even reaching out to them. You know, for influencers, when they're constantly switching up their looks, it makes so much sense to use our service. And at $29 a month, it makes a lot of sense. It's affordable for them as well. So sometimes they don't even ask for our code and they'll post about us and uh, we obviously love that, but we've just started working with some as well where we'll provide service and um, they'll they'll post on our behalf. Got it. So it's more so like a gifting rather than uh, paying a big, big old fee. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. makes sense. And then they use our hashtag love to switch. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hashtag love to switch. <laughs> um, tell me about Pinterest. I know that you have a presence. Is that something that you're uh, focusing heavily on or what other channels are working beyond Instagram? So Pinterest is something we're testing. It's a really great platform for visually appealing products. So with jewelry, it's such a nice opportunity to show all these beautiful photos of the different jewelry we have, earrings, necklaces, rings. Um, And so it's just something we're really testing right now. Um, Instagram has been our main digital platform, um, but Pinterest is an exciting one as well. Yeah. Are you finding what do you have any direct learnings or uh, specific learnings about uh, Instagram is driving uh, subscribers or that's how we're acquiring new customers? What What's working to drive that acquisition? So more than anything with the paid marketing, yeah. it's about showcasing authentic stories of people who have used our product. Okay. So similarly to the fact that so many of our customers have come from word of mouth um, referrals. Yes. Uh, our paid marketing is focused on a very similar theme and a similar story, which is people who have actually used our products, what have they liked about it, why are they using it, and just kind of showcasing their stories because that's the most authentic way to reach the new customers. Totally. Is there any uh, fear or anything that you're doing to maybe safeguard, I guess, just keep building a, a great brand? But um, as we were reading yesterday that, that Rent the Runway expanded to like 
Indian formal wear. I feel like they're expanding and growing and hitting all these new categories. Yeah. Um, do you see them as competition or how do you look at it? So we have real diamonds and gold. We have very high-end pieces and high-end brands. Um, and Rent the Runway has done a really great job creating a very valuable customer base of people who love their brands and their products. Um, but we try and focus on a slightly higher end portion of the market. And really focusing on jewelry is giving us a strategic advantage. So we really want to be the place for jewelry. Um, and by focusing on jewelry, uh, we think that we'll, you know, have a really great advantage because no one has done that in the past. And we have a bunch of exclusive collections with incredible designers. And that category is, you know, really growing and booming. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the conversations of winning over maybe some of these designer brands? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, a designer I'd love to give a shout out to is Nadine Asoy based in London. And most of her jewelry is $5,000 and up. And so it's not very accessible to most people. Um, and she was great to take a chance with us and work with us on an exclusive collection in Vermeer, um, which is silver plated in gold. Um, and we have an exclusive collection with her that's been performing really well with lab-grown diamonds, lab-grown rubies and emeralds. Nice. Um, and it's and it's really performed very well. And originally the conversation started as, you know, is there any risk to her brand potentially? And she realized uh, pretty astutely that this is a different customer than her regular customer. And it's actually providing more awareness for her general brand as well. Yeah. Uh, so people fall in love with her styles and designs, and then they aspire to maybe the higher-end price points. Yeah. What do you know about the renter who's either moving on to buy through you or moving on to buy through the designer? So we've definitely found that both are true. So sometimes if we have a style that someone falls in love with and maybe they've been renting for a few months, they decide they don't want to send it back and they actually want to purchase it. Uh, we have a few different types of members. So we have the trendy member who's really always trying to find something new. Uh, we have a member who wants to simplify her life and only wear what she really loves, but she may wear those things for a few months at a time. Um, and then we have members who are really thinking about purchasing and how to add to their you know, per more permanent collection at home. Um, and so they'll try with us, they'll learn about new brands, and they'll use us as a discovery platform. And from there, they'll go and potentially purchase. Got it. Makes sense. Is Are you finding that, uh, as is a trend, like logo mania, everybody's really gravitating toward the double C's and like all label, label, label. Um, what's the balance between maybe uh, the well-known high-end designers? Uh, I know you're bringing on some emerging new designers and getting them, giving them a platform, like you said, for discovery. Uh, wh what's, <laughs> what are the renters going for? Yeah, so the renters go for both. I'd say that there are different categories of renters and there are definitely the renters who have logo mania, <laughs> you know, like they love anything with logos. Um, which is great. And we also have the members who love really dainty jewelry that, you know, you can't even tell which brand it's from originally, um, but nice. they like that subtle look. Yeah, that makes sense. So they're buying logos, they're buying the, the delicate the delicate styles. Uh, what else? Are, are they buying something that's maybe true to their style or what are you finding in terms of, yeah, 
We've noticed a couple patterns in our customer behavior. And one of the really interesting ones is that customers are sometimes trying things out that they may not have the courage to try out with a purchase that they'd make in a store. You know, something red and huge or very, you know, a big statement. And Switch gives them the opportunity to try something that they wouldn't have tried otherwise and maybe fall in love with that or, you know, just really try out different things and find out what it is that actually makes them the happiest. I mean, no risk. $29. Sign me up. (laughs) I'll try it. Anyway, what's going on with fundraising? (laughs) Fundraising has been great. Um, We've raised... $2 million up to date, uh, and we've been EBITDA positive for a while, which has been really exciting for us. That's refreshing to hear. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we we actually want to build a sustainable business, you know, um, and it just goes to show the type of business we've created. I think we're really a win-win. It's a win for the business, but it's also a win for the customer. Two years of membership is equivalent to uh, purchasing almost any piece on our site, and so in two years to have an endless rotation of jewelry instead of just purchasing one piece that probably after two years you'd be sick of is a really good value for our customers. And, you know, for the business, um, it's also, it really works for us and we're really happy to be providing that value. Yeah. Do you want to take it slow? Uh, Do you see yourself maybe going for uh, another funding round and maybe uh, working to scale a little bit, expedite that process a bit? Yeah, we definitely want to expedite the process. Um, We just want to grow quickly and, you know, have all these amazing consumers know about us and be using us uh, sooner rather than later. (laughs) So we're, we're planning on having a pretty big growth year this year. Okay, great. What, what, what are your biggest lessons learned, uh, would you say, in the first two years? Oh, good question. The biggest lessons have been really about listening to the customer. So first and foremost, every single member who canceled, we emailed them, we asked them why, we engaged in a conversation with them, and we had a lot of incredible insights from that process. So things like the notification features that we have available now were originally from insights that we learned through customer feedback. And that, I think, is one of the key components to maintaining a good customer product as you grow. And as you scale, it becomes harder to do that on an individual level. When thousands of, you know, when you have thousands of people, when you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, it becomes very hard to know what every single one of them is thinking about your product. But it's really important to have steps to get that feedback. Totally. Are you uh, providing that data and that information? When a, when a, uh, renter says something or gives you information on a specific brand or their experience with the brand, are you providing the data to the brands themselves? We actually do. So um, certain brands we work with, wholesale, especially the younger ones, want to know which products are moving and which ones are the most exciting, if people have any negative feedback or what you know what the positive feedback is so that they can replicate it for new styles. Um, And so that's a conversation we have with every new brand uh, that we work with so that we give them the favoriting information, the the feedback on, you know, somebody loves the rubies or the sapphires in this piece or they wish it was bigger. Um, And so we always provide that information to the brands we work with. Cool. Do you foresee exclusives uh, being an important part of the business moving forward? 
you know, it's an important part of the business, but the the larger point is our selection in general. We always want to have enough style, so whenever anyone comes to us, they'll find something that they like. Jewelry is less susceptible to trends uh, than maybe clothing is because there's still jewelry from 60 years ago that's, you know, some of the most popular on our site, including some of these Chanel vintage pieces. I wouldn't doubt it customer reviews. Are you encouraging them? Are they currently featured on your site? Yes. So right now we offer private reviews so that when people borrow pieces, they can go back and see what they've really loved and what their feedback was to see if they want to borrow it again. Um, And we're considering making that public. You know, for our business, there is a really fine line between providing a great community experience and also curating that experience and curating what people see from the other members. Um, because an, a really important aspect of this to us is maintaining a high level of service and integrity and beauty aesthetically to the site. So sometimes user-generated content doesn't fit in with that high-end narrative. So it's really about figuring out how to do that in the right way so that we keep the customer experience as quality as we can. Yeah, that makes sense. For retailers that are just now uh, starting a rental or a borrowing, I guess, aspect uh, feature within their business, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that, you know, it takes, this is a full-time gig, like it's not like a side hustle. Like, uh, do you think, first of all, that's going to take off or do you think that um, they don't know what they're getting into? (laughs) Yeah, um, it's definitely not a side hustle. (laughs) You know, logistics, reverse logistics and quality assurance are its own beast, you know, and takes a lot of expertise and time to really perfect. So it's very hard to do that on an individual basis business level, especially when so many of these jewelry brands are small businesses. Um, So you don't have the resources to be able to do it right. And on top of that, I think that customers really like the diverse selection. When they come to borrow something, they really want to see the variety. And one day they may want to try something exciting, fun, and colorful like Bea, uh, which is a new brand we're carrying on our site. And another day they might want something more subtle. So their mood and their style is really changing all the time. Yeah. I noticed that you say borrow versus rent. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, does rent have a bad name or what's your take on, on why? Or why? <laughs> so, I, I mean, obviously they mean the same thing, but We think of it from a branding perspective where we're really trying to provide a high-end experience. And so everything we think about from the words we use to our packaging is considered from a high-end, high-quality perspective. When you get something in the mail from us, we want you to feel like you just went to the highest-end store um, and you got something that you love and are so excited about. Yes. At this point, do you have to sell the brands on the idea or sell your customer on the idea? Is rental or borrowing becoming commonplace? It's becoming something that people are used to and are more open to. So we're lucky that there have been certain other companies uh, in the space that have made a new name for borrowing or for renting. And so because they have already done a lot of the work to make that a commonplace idea. We've had to do less work to convince our members and the community at large that 
this is something that works and is not weird and it's good to rent. I mean, Airbnb lets you stay in other people's homes. So if you can be okay with that, and some of those homes are incredibly beautiful homes, um, then you're going to be comfortable with sanitized, beautiful 14 karat gold, 18 karat gold jewelry. Yes. I mean, outrageous growth four times in the last year. If you had to say your kind of 2020 game plan to keep that momentum going, sum it up for us. <laughs> Honestly, just keeping that up, like steady, consistent growth, constantly improving the user experience. You know, we're coming out with new packaging, which is exciting. And we're constantly thinking about new features that can help the lives of our customers um, to keep the to keep the service young, fresh, innovative, um, and provide the most value that we can to keep it efficient so that customers don't have to work too hard, make their lives easier, um, and make them feel better about what they're wearing. Love it. Well, this was great. Thank you so much, Liana. Thank you. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to give us a rating and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.